Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following content is not suitable for children. We've got a mailbag, George. People have been writing in, and we have not been answering, so let's go. Bring it on, Lori. Welcome to 4Play Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. For a great personal lubricant, please check out uberlube.com and use the coupon foreplay to support us at the podcast. Thanks. So our first question is from a person who says, do you have any tips for stopping fantasy and dreams of an unrequited lover from your past? Is killing the intimacy with my partner on so many levels because I keep comparing them to this fantasy. And there, it was only one time and it was real and it was amazing. I feel like I can't even talk to my partner about it because I don't want to crush them. No kidding. Logically, I know fantasies are always better than reality. And my memory is probably making that one time better than it actually was. And if things had continued, there would have been all kinds of reasons that it wouldn't have worked out. Help me. Let's get go on to the next question, Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a, any ideas for That's this a tough one. That's a tough one. She has good reasons to, you know, I, I think my test is always, does the fantasy help the emotional connection or does the fantasy get in the way? And what she's describing is a fantasy that's getting in the way, right? She's not being able to be present with her partner. Even worse than that, it's, it's, it's really blocking her, her, expression of love for her partner as her brain is going off in it and and she feels guilty about it afterwards so i think it's a what do you think of that one i agree i i mean clearly this is a block it's not something that's adding sexual energy it's taking away from sexual energy and that's kind of what i say too you know i think what flits through our mind we can't always even control that, but where you put your energy, you know, if you keep fantasizing about the same person over and over, I mean, that's going to build in your own head, true or not, some sense of connection to that person, some relationship in your mind, something that is just not true. And it's going to take your energy. You know, people ask all the time, is it okay to fantasize? And I, I think it's that same criteria. Can you fantasize and then when you're with your husband or you're with your wife, you know, overall you're back in the bed with them? Um, mm-hmm. Or is it something that you start to basically long to be with that other person? Right. You know, that's going to kill it. I mean, you're not going to put the work in sexually that makes your real relationship good. And there's great information in the fantasy. So I would rather mm-hmm. take as much of that out. Like, what was the scene? What turned you on? What was that partner doing? Like, how can you get that in your relationship now with your current partner? Very So we, we want that. And there are also partners that are open to sharing fantasies. Like, it doesn't, 
they're not insecure about it. They, it turns them on. Like, so that could be an option to share the fantasy. But if, you, if sharing the fantasy doesn't work and you've gathered all the information you can out of it, then I agree trying to let that fantasy go because it's not serving you well. Mm-hmm. So how do they do that? How do they stop the fantasy? What we've been talking about in all these podcasts, it's, you know, that erotic mind is racing. Mm-hmm. So how do you get back into your body? How do you get back into your heart? Try to slow that, you know, try to imagine that, you know, just turning off the television set to allow yourself to, you know, what is my skin feeling? Like, what is the sound I'm making? What's my partner's sound? Allow yourself, you know, to think about your wedding or whatever it takes to get your kind of heart primed and back into the present moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I think sometimes people need to really just kind of jerk their mind away from Mm-hmm. The thought, you know, they they find themselves going down that road, and that's not fruitful, and, and it doesn't add to their connection with their partner. It's like you kind of have to do a mind block, you know, commit to every time I start thinking about this guy, I'm going to think about this really hot moment with my husband, or I'm going to think about our wedding, or I'm going to think about how grateful I am for what they provide for me or bring to the relationship. I mean, it's an it's an yeah. action. It's what we call, on a neurological level, you're adding a mismatch experience to the old memory, right? Mm-hmm. And that recodes the neural pathways in your brain. So either as you're thinking about, you're replaying that fantasy with the other person, you bring your husband into the room or something happens that it gets recoded. You kind of think of that person, it ending differently, Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of it ending in this great, amazing moment, maybe it ends in who knows, whatever you could come up with. Have fun with this stuff. But it is about I, I don't like the harsh and the judgment and the willpower and the white knuckles to just say, I got to stop doing this. You know, I want to be able to take from it. That's what's healthy about it. And then putting in the, those boundaries that say, right, let me kind of let this go. Let me think about it. You know, be more realistic. Yes. What would have happened if I would have continued with this person? I person would have probably had an affair on me something else would have happened i would have got my like let's play it out add mm-hmm. more to that fantasy mm-hmm. that develops a fuller context mm-hmm. and i know I, I i kind of interrupted this by saying yeah no kidding you shouldn't talk to your partner and i appreciate you bringing in george that some people that that would be totally okay i think adding to the fantasy of making it full-bodied in terms of what really might have happened is smart i just bare, I've left the area, but I've been back in touch with my girlfriends that, you know, we were all in a church group together and all the boys that I had a crush on, you know, now I know the outcome <laughs> and it's kind of nice. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's how it ended. That's good. Good old good Garth Brooks, unanswered prayers. <laughs> unanswered Great song. Prayers, unanswered exactly. prayers. Sometimes, uh-huh. you know, if you, if you can add a different ending to the fantasy, mm-hmm. the fantasies start to kind of dissipate. And I think, you know, this is, we all can create a fantasy that's perfect about sex versus what sex really requires, which is it's a growing relationship. It's a growing process. Even the ones who come to me, the couples who come to me who had super hot sex in the beginning, they get tripped up. You know, there's lots of things that they need to grow up in and develop and change. And I, I mean, you know, it doesn't stay that way. Exactly. And the fantasy, going back to good information, there are probably things that do need to change in in your marriage, right? Sex might not be as fun or creative as it could be, 
your body is just trying to, and it's so sad that people, because they've experienced great sex, and now they might be having mediocre sex, that their brain goes to what it wants, right? And then it, when it goes in that direction, then there's all the shame afterwards and, and, and the feeling guilty and you can't talk about that. And then there's more pressure. So next time we see this a lot with trauma. There are a lot of, you know, a lot of people who might have experienced a rape and yet somehow in a rape, there is a, some kind of arousal or something happens in the brain that the wires get crossed. And all of a sudden I've worked with people where they have to, they have to fantasize about being raped to have an orgasm with their partner, mm -hmm. right? So this isn't abnormal. This is what happens when we have strong emotions around orgasm and intimacy, right? Yeah. So I appreciate that this person's naming it because that's the, that's the, most important step to say, hey, listen, there's something I'm doing that I want to change. Right. And I like it that you talk about actually naming it. You know, so, oh, yeah, that's my crush fantasy. That's, I'm having the crush fantasy. What's missing for me now in my relationship? How can I translate that to make this hotter? Love that. Okay. Let's go on to the next question. Listening to your latest episode on 248, the mind, the body, and the heart for her. This this reader says, or this listener says, I am so sad to hear this episode as I live it. How does someone teach their partner to be in the moment? How can one get a woman to focus on the moment? In my scenario, I've tried a lot of the options to get her present. That is, again, giving us some hard questions here. Mm -hmm. I was in a study group for three years trying to figure this one out. Like, how do you get people with low desire and not present to kind of want to do it for themselves, you mm -hmm. know, not do it for you, mm -hmm. right? It's, a, it's, it's not an easy answer. So I think that, that not the frustration, but just the vulnerability that causes in, in the husband writing this, like that, that has to be expressed in a way that kind of can get his wife not out of guilt, but to say, hey, listen, this isn't working so well. You know, to identify what is stopping me from wanting more from sex instead of it just being something to kind of calm my partner down. Mm -hmm. Or make my partner happy for the moment so that I can get back to the laundry. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I, I mean, I think what we've been talking about together, George, of, you know, just how busy the mind is. I mean, certainly for women, I really hear this all the time. They, they have such a to-do list and really time for themselves, pleasure, relaxation is kind of not on their list. It's not high up there and they need so much time in order to enter the moment. I mean, certainly in our latest uh, podcast, I've been talking about how the female body takes, you know, comes into the moment often at zero. And, you know, if you're at zero and you're at zero and you're at zero and you don't have confidence that that's going to build and maybe you don't trust your body or maybe you don't trust that your partner really wants to give you that time, who knows, all the things that you could worry about, it's hard to think, yeah, you know, I, I really want to give it an hour. You know, they just, I, I guess I hope as a woman to get across to men that they maybe can help. I'm not saying they're responsible. But they could help, and I think a lot of what women need is emotional connection. I know that they mess it up because they're not sexual enough, and then the guy feels so frustrated that he can't be emotionally connected, and that's a cycle. But 
you know, if there's a way you can get present and take her to a hotel, oh my gosh, you know, so there's no laundry, there's no children, you know, she can be focused. It's tough. It is, a, and it, it is frustrating that if somebody's willing to confront their blocks mm-hmm. and willing to talk about their sexuality, it will improve. Yes. That first step in just saying, hey, I want to do it differently is all it takes. And when somebody is not willing to do that because of muscle memory, because of past experience that have not worked out so well, and they resign themselves that it's just this is the way it is, it, there's a loss in that, and it's pretty tragic. Mm-hmm. So after break, I think we'll come back and talk more. Okay. Uberlube is our sponsor, and this is a lubricant that I have recommended for many years. You know, it's got long-lasting performance. It doesn't get sticky, which, let me tell you, as a woman, that's important. No sticky feeling. Yuck. And it doesn't have any taste. It's scent-free, and it, it's made out of, like, silicone and also vitamin E, so it leaves you feeling soft, which is good. I love the packaging, but I've said that before, and I really do like that. It's also, it doesn't cause any allergies, So many of the lubricants out there do cause allergic reactions, and this one doesn't, so that's great. It's also recommended by other doctors, thousands of doctors around the world. And it's so necessary to change the stigma, like there's something wrong if you need it. I mean, this is what helps us become more intentional and more playful and have more fun. How do we see this as an ally in our sexual adventures? It kind of is insurance that it will feel good. But even insurance, it's like... And if everything's working great, why not have a little extra little extra fun there? A little extra fun with Uberlube. And you can find it on uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay for a 10% discount. So, Lori, you know at times I can be a bit old school. Yeah. I was growing up with a bunch of men who didn't do any kind of trimming or cleaning. They just kind of just let it roll. Oh, no. So I think I've tried to get caught up with the modern times and... Hey, when you notice all what women have to do to go through the groom and clean and make themselves wax, wax and all this stuff that seems quite painful. I figured the least I can do is, you know, give a little trim and freshen up a bit. <laughs> oh, George, the problem is I used, you know, what I was using to shave my son's head. And, you know, it, it didn't feel so good down here. So you, you totally need Manscapes electric trimmer because it is so safe. And you need this. It's like the improved lawnmower is what they call it. 3.0. 3.0. Well, listen, yeah. when you're going close to the family jewels, you better be safe and take your time. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can use this in the shower. It's like waterproof. There's like an LED light that you can see and they have this motor. I guess it goes for 90 minutes. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody who's going to need it for 90 minutes, but definitely. Um... I'm sold. Manscaped. Here I come. Okay. So. Our listeners, you know, they can get this for 20% off and free shipping if they go to manscaped.com and use the code foreplay. So if you want to come up to the modern era, gentlemen, I think it's a very good idea. Come on and join me. So if we're validating this frustration, Laurie. And but also simultaneously not blaming the person, this is just the language that they've learned. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's really trying to you're given all these ideas, which it sounds like what this what our listener has said he's tried, which is just to make it safer to get the person to look inward and to want to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So but again, those same strategies of how do you get 
your partner more into her body, more into her heart. It's counterintuitive, but a lot of times when, when the husband can share this, the struggle, which is I feel really lonely and disconnected, not the frustration and the anger, but the pain around this is so much more than the orgasm. It's like this is how I see you and feel you and with you, and I want you to experience that with me. And when I don't get that, the pain of that, like that, that kind of wakes the partner up a little bit more to say, wait, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hearing anger and frustration. I normally don't hear this. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as they start to engage in this more vulnerable place, everything else starts to come online. Right. The, the, the romantic side, the, the body, all of it starts to become more engaged. Mm-hmm. I love everything you just said. I think that's beautiful because he's coming with the vulnerability of what he feels, what he needs from her versus the criticism and the frustration that she internalizes. I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. And I do want her to have a good experience. I want her to have an erotic mind. And I think sometimes though, women enter the erotic place out of love for their partner. You know, they don't necessarily have that lovely body prompt yeah. They don't have it in their genitals, they, they, but they feel love. And so then when they enter the moment and then they turn on, you know, they just kind of got to hold on to that's the pattern for me and that's okay. And, you know, and remember the ending that we feel connected. I feel good. Exactly. And seeing a sex therapist taking some of the pressure off for her doing sensate focus exercises where there is no expectation of sex, trying to waken up her body through massage. I mean, there are so many little things that we can do that are are really tangible signs of progress as she starts to have success in less pressuring ways. Mm -hmm. Right. She can be in her body and be successful, feel good about being in her body. Right. And who knows body image inhibitions. I mean, there's a lot of these things for good reasons why sex has gotten constricted mm-hmm. and having an ally to help with that instead of somebody judging it and criticizing mm-hmm. is really the, the, the key shift. The, the sex therapist ally? Sure. Mm-hmm. And your partner is your main ally. Yes. You're part of the solution <laughs> or you're part of the problem as a partner. You choose which one you want to be. Okay. Next question. Let's, let's do the last one here. I want to do things with my partner that my partner does not want to do, particularly light BDSM. Would it not be love for them to do these things anyway because it makes me happy? So I I see this as a problem all the time. And, you know, I want to do this. This is what is sexy and sexual to me. And I so don't want to do that. That is not sexy. That is not sexual to me. In fact, that's a turnoff. And, mm-hmm. you know, we come across these in many ways, right? I want to save money. I want to spend money. You know, the children should do this. The children should do that. You know, I mean, there's so many times we come up against total blocks. But I think in sex, because we've pledged fidelity, this is a, a really difficult, dicey place. You know, is Absolutely. it going to be as erotic as I want it to be? Sorry, George. Go. No, it's, it's, it is tricky. I mean, if partner wants anal and the other partner really is turned off by anal i mean that's that's this is a hard one to what we're encouraging is the conversation like what is it that you really like about it what is it that you really don't like about it 70 mm-hmm. percent of issues couples fight about are never resolved 
I mean, we just have different styles, different likes. But if you feel safe and seen and securely connected, it's a lot easier to agree to disagree or to compromise. And even if you're not so into it, hey, if it makes your partner happy, that's great. So I guess I really want to be curious about, you know, what is this partner's reluctance to do these things Mm -hmm. that turns on his partner? Mm -hmm. And what is... What is, for in this case, the um, BDSM, what's the turn on? Like, what's so exciting? What do, you, what do you imagine is happening? I mean, sometimes people get close. They can replicate those feelings without necessarily doing the act that's in question. And is that act, again, we're, we're searching for information. Yes. What is the turn on? And can you replicate that with your partner? If you could kind of help your partner understand that really it's this not knowing, it's kind of pushing me to the edge. It's, it's like, what is it? We really want to lean into the details. And so many couples, the conversation stops just at, at I like this. No, I don't want to do that. And they have no idea. There's no exploration. And this There's is no so curiosity. Fra- yes. It's so fraught with tension when we get to these moments in therapy, right? They are, they're so anxious. I mean, I'd be willing to, question them, talk to them, figure it out. But they get tight-lipped because they know they're just about to trigger their partner. Mm-hmm. And so they don't want to do that. They don't want to open up and talk about it. They don't want to talk about those places. And most people don't realize the cost, though, of trying to suppress your sexual energy. If you don't explore the fantasy or the longing and you just try to hide it away, well, guess what happens to the levels of engagement in that relationship? They start to plummet, mm-hmm. right? If you could decide not to act on it, but I think it's really important to be able to talk about it. And we're so often afraid of being judged or kind of being repulsing our partner that we just keep these things hidden. Mm-hmm. And the more we hide, the harder it is to kind of just have the vitality that we all deserve sexually. Mm-hmm. And what about this part, like, you know, it would be love if they did this for me. When, when Can't they do it out of love, even though they don't want to do it? How do you feel about that sentence? I think if it's in your tolerance zone that you can do that for your partner, I'm sure there are a lot of things that we do for our partner that we'd rather not do. Mm-hmm. Right? That is what love does. But if it crosses a line where it makes you feel unsafe or it does bad things to you, then no, you, you, you can't kind of give in. And these are the tough conversations. Right? It, it really, you could still agree to disagree and love the heck out of each other if you both really get why this is so important. Mm-hmm. But I, a lot of couples that I work with, they don't really get why it matters so much or why the other person doesn't want to do it so much. So it's really going into the details, going deeper into why is this so important? I just see people when they really, truly listen to the other one and they like enter their experience, the, the why I want it, why I don't want it. And, and they're with their partner. Oftentimes that sense of you get me mm-hmm. loosens up what we're going to do in bed. It, it totally gets looser. You know, the person who was like, no, absolutely not. You know, three years later, it's like you, you stood with me. You heard me. You, you mm-hmm. felt with me. I now feel safe with you. And I can do the things with you sexually that I didn't feel safe about three years ago or, or vice versa. You know, no, I, I get it. You know, gosh, it brings up trauma memories, you know, and no, I'm, I would never ask that of you again. It's still my fantasy. I still think That's it's right. hot, but I'm never going to do that again. And, and, you know, there can be relief that way. 
It's mm-hmm. a great point that a decision somebody makes today doesn't mean it's the same decision they're going to make a couple of years from now. And, and where is the flexibility that I, maybe I'm uncomfortable with you tying me up and whipping me, but you know, Hey, if you want me to spank you, that's okay. Like, I mean, there are, there, there are ways that we can approach each other and compromise that kind of meet some of the needs and maybe not all of the needs. And, and, and that's what love does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Do we have time for another one? We do. Okay. You truly have been a godsend for me. They're talking about the podcast. I could launch into a very long description of what I face with my partner. He's a 35-year-old male. I'm a 28-year-old female. And the crux of the issue is I'm a pursuer. And while not a total withdrawer, he does not need sex the way I do. He does not need it for connection. I'm a 10 and he's a 1. We're only a year in. We only have sex basically once a month. We're at a breaking point. Um, What do we do? It's just so hard. A year in and already we're at that huge discrepancy, right? 80% of couples have discrepancies around one wants Mm -hmm. it more, one wants it less. But that's a big discrepancy, right? That's a huge discrepancy. That's a huge discrepancy. Mm -hmm. And... Again, let's be curious. What is stopping this man, newly married, wanting no, they're not more yet sex? married. They're not okay, yet married. Okay, well, dating the new relationship. Well, I think is... it's different. I mean, I, I think there's more flexibility about decisions at that point than the feeling of being trapped. Of, and I've pledged this to you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, again, I would want to know what's going on on his side. Is he masturbating every day? <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, or, or does he have just low T and he's just not interested in sex? I mean, that's two very different roads it is. that we really, we don't know about. Good point. Yeah. So definitely get his testosterone checked. Have him do that. And and I got to say, a lot of men who have low T are not very motivated to have their testosterone checked. <laughs> you know, they're just not motivated towards sex, but... And I think couples can get creative. Mm-hmm. They could, you know, she might lay next to him in bed if he's not in a mood and she could take out a vibrator and masturbate, but they could then cuddle up afterwards. I mean, mm-hmm. if the goal is connection, we, there are different ways we can do it than just having to have intercourse all the time. Sure. Uh, she right. says, though, that he doesn't need it to feel connected. But she does need it to feel connected. Well, how does him. he feel connected? Right. That's a good question. So how do well, you feel connection? If that's a, a, one of the easiest ways to get connected and he's not using that, then how is he feeling connected? Mm-hmm. Right? And where is he emotionally? I want to look at that pattern. Is, is, the, is he a sexual withdrawal but also an emotional withdrawal? Mm-hmm. Like how does this man, how does she know he's connected? How does she mm-hmm. know he, wa- he wants her? He desires her. He enjoys her. She's intelligent. She's witty. He laughs. Like, are there other things that are really working well in that relationship that we got to figure out how to harness and bring that into? And I, I love your therapist part here, George. Last question for you is, this is a buddy at the firehouse. It's now gender reversed. You know, he's 35 and she's 28. And he tells you, she never wants to have sex, George. I mean, I want it all the time. And she's a one, I'm a 10. What would you tell mm-hmm. your buddy? I'd say get curious. We got to figure out the good reason she don't want to have sex. There's something blocking this natural process. Mm-hmm. I trust she loves you. I trust she'd want to have sex, right? But she's, 
she probably don't even know the answer to why she doesn't want to have sex. And maybe this is controversial, but I tell my children, you know, if sex goes offline before marriage and, you know, there's a huge discrepancy, that's a red flag. You know, that's really something to pay attention to. I mean, I know you and I are both, we're therapists. We're helpful about resolving problems for people. But I, you know, I think this is a red flag, a huge red flag. Well, we are optimistic and we believe <laughs> if people are going to do the work, they can find solutions. But yes, if you're really not attracted to somebody, you know, maybe you're attracted to, you know, maybe the husband's attracted to men and he's just, I mean, there are a lot of things that could happen that get in the way. So there's a lot of wisdom that's saying if that sexual attraction is not there right from the beginning, you know, there, some of what's blocking it could be something that you can't solve. Yeah, exactly. You got to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks for writing in. We do appreciate the questions and the emails and the encouragement that you send to us. Um, I read every one and I'm a little bit behind right now, but I try to get back to you all. So thanks for listening. We're with you in your struggles. We're with you in your successes and keep it hot. So for all you therapists out there listening to our show, I really want you to check out successinvulnerability.com, our new training website that we believe is taking online therapist training to the next level. It's so focused on moment by moment, practical moves, less theory to really get people to have immediate success. Right? We're trying to measure targets of change so we can see if we're on target or we need to adjust. And the feedback we're getting is really excited. We're incorporating that feedback to continually adjust and to change the schedule. And come join us, SIV team. Also, I'll just put a plug in for it as well, because I am one of the learners. And they just released module three, which is so nuanced and so smart. I was listening to it thinking... This kind of instruction just is not out there. How to do the micro moves that change people's hearts toward each other. It's so good. So it's reasonably priced. I just encourage you to go over to successandvulnerability.com and sign up. It's great training. Lori, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons whose support is really helping. And as we're starting to notice with success comes more expenses and it would really be great for our listeners to have new patrons come and join us to be part of this mission talking about sex the importance of that to, to change our culture to help us not have to figure this stuff out and feel ashamed and alone with all this that's right thanks so much i mean it feels good that people are believing in this mission wanting to help other couples and wanting to help make sex something that is beautiful and easy to talk about and reduce the shame that people feel about it. So your financial support has been helpful and it would be wonderful to have you behind us. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media.